Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi. Welcome back into the Force the Punt podcast. I am your host, Stephen Serta. As always, I am joined by Dusty Likens. Huge day. Big news. I guess. Why really more frustrating than anything. Oh, your your boy gone? I'm just... I'm upset. I'm hurt. I feel bad Betrayed. for him. Run amok. For myself. For being fooled yet again. And gone. As we were recording this podcast, just uh, coming out... Ian Rapport of NFL Network reporting the Patriots have placed wide receiver Josh Gordon on injured reserve. Um, That's essentially, I mean, just go drop him right now. Yep, season's over. If uh, your waivers haven't cleared, he should be your number one drop on your waiver wire because, well, there could still possibly (laughs) be a chance that he returns this season, I suppose. He's not going to return during the fantasy season. It's Mm -mm. week eight. He's going to have to be out at least eight weeks, which means he's probably not going to play again till week 17 if he plays again this year, or possibly even the playoffs, which would be a possibility for him. So he is dead to you in terms of fantasy production for yeah. the rest of the season. Unless you're in one of those weird leagues where you play in week 17. Yeah, which e- even at that, it's still not a risk because like, if the Patriots do wind up, you can only bring, I think, two players back from IR all season. Right. Uh, they've got, I think, four players on IR already. So... Then putting Josh Gordon, they have to decide which guys they want to bring back from IR. I know one of them is like Steven Goskowski. They're not bringing him back from IR this season. He's just done for the year. I would have to imagine he's a kicker. They can get by without him. Nakeem Harry's coming back. Um, yeah, he is eligible to return. Um, so I would imagine he's going to get worked in. Uh, but he's not the guy that I'm after. Um, obviously, I, it's Muhammad Sanu who they just traded for, and it's Philip Dorsett. Uh, I, I mean, maybe. You want to go out and you want to try to trade for Julian Edelman um, because Julian Edelman, out of any of the Patriots wide receivers, I suppose he's got the safest floor right now. Yeah. Uh, but Julian Edelman is what Julian Edelman is. Like he's never going to put up massive numbers, so I'm not. I'm not willing to go out and spend a bunch of money or a, a bunch of assets on Julian Edelman because I don't have that much faith in Julian Edelman as a player to begin with. I know he's Tom Brady's uh, number one wide receiver. But they also haven't been that pass-heavy this year. No, they, it's the Sonny Michelle show. They, they've been running a lot. And so they're going to score a lot. They're playing a bunch of bad teams. They're getting ready to get into the harder part of their schedule. They've got the Browns coming up. Um, they've got the Chiefs uh, later on this year. Like they've got, they've got some tough games coming up. So we're going to start to see what this Patriots offense is made of a little bit more. Yeah. Um, because they haven't really been tested so far. I mean, their defense has been amazing, and I think their defense is going to look amazing against the better teams that they've got coming up on their schedule. Um, but I'm not, I'm not dying to go trade for Julian Edelman. I'm much more interested in Philip Dorsett or Mohamed Sanu. Philip Dorsett, 
Hasn't had any huge games. Like, his highest yardage total was like 95 yards in week one against the Steelers. Um, But he's been a consistent target. When he has played this year for Tom Brady, he has gotten consistent looks from Tom Brady, and he's got four touchdowns on the season already through eight games. Mm -hmm. Or through seven games. So, I, I, I mean, I'll take that right yep. now. Especially when Josh Gordon, you might not have drafted Josh Gordon super high, uh, but, like, with me, I did multiple drafts <laughs> that week, like, right before the season started. So it was right when we found out Josh Gordon was going to be reinstated. Mm. Um, so he probably went a little bit higher than he did in some of those other drafts where maybe you took him, like, second to last round. Uh, I drafted him as like my number one wide receiver in one league, and I got lucky drafting Cortland Sutton and getting TJ Chark in week one. And so that has really bailed my wide receivers out because Josh Gordon, even though he had been playing prior to this past week, he hadn't been productive. He only had one touchdown on the season. Uh, he, he wasn't putting up monster numbers. And the Patriots, like I mentioned, aren't passing that much right now. So it's not like their passing offense has been prolific or anything like that. Josh Gordon just wasn't very productive, so I don't know how serious the knee injury was with with them because the Patriots do this, too, where they're like, if you're going to be out four weeks, we're not going to play this game. We're just going to sit you on IR, and we'll worry about it later. Maybe you could come back, maybe not. We'll just find somebody else who's going to fill your spot and worry about them because we don't really care about you that much. Yeah, because then when it comes to playoff time, they're going to get together, and then you're going to get the breaking news from Schefter or Rappaport that says, Josh Gordon is ready to go, and it's like second round of playoffs, and then the Patriots are loaded with Edelman, Gordon, uh, who they just get, Sanu. But it also makes me wonder if there's value in Rex Burkhead because he just got uh, upgraded to questionable. I don't know how much they want to trust in Rex Burkhead because I know they have Sony Michelle that does the ground game, James White that does the, the receiving part of it. But the thing that's crazy is that James White leads the Patriots in targets in the red zone, and he has one touchdown. So that's where that Philip Dorsett and uh, I think Sanu thing fits in because for some Brady, for some reason Brady loves that little like two yard hitch in the corner of the end zone, and he doesn't find Edelman with that a lot. He just finds uh, <laughs> he just finds like Rex Burkhead and uh, Philip Dorsett with that pass. But I'm with you. I just think it's kind of depressing with Josh Gordon, but. Again, that's another one of your guys. That's uh, that's that's no. Oh yeah, and and in that league, I'm I'm a little bit frustrated with it right now. Uh, you know, I'm in first place in my division in that league. I'm six and one. Like I'm having a good season. I've got zero wide receiver depth in that league, though, and I've basically been coasting by on my stellar running back play so far this season. And now I'm a little worried. Now you need to um, trade. But luckily, Josh Gordon wasn't doing anything for me, anyways. Yeah. So not missing much. I, I mean, you're not. It's not like you're losing out on a key key member of your fantasy roster. It's just a guy that you were hoping you were gonna get something from eventually. Right. Um. And so he wasn't doing that much for you anyway. And I actually like James White a lot. Yeah. I I think James White. If you're gonna try to trade target a Patriot. Yeah. I would target James White over Julian Edelman because yeah, those red zone targets. That's going to catch up to James White. Yeah, eventually those are going to start ticking. Yeah, like that. that's going, there's going to be a positive regression there with his red zone targets because when you're the one that's consistently getting them, like I know uh, Sony Michelle had three touchdowns against the New York Jets, but the Patriots were going out of their way not to give him those touchdowns. That's like, true. Because James White scored a touchdown in that game, and then it got called back because of a penalty, and then Sony Michelle wound up scoring the touchdown. Yeah. There was another drive where 
They gave it to Brandon Bolden on first and goal didn't instead of it. Sony Michelle, and Brandon Bolden didn't get in. Then they gave it to Sony Michelle. Yeah, like they're going out of their way not to just give Sony Michelle the touchdowns because they want to utilize James White down there, and that's something that they've always done with him. Yeah. So I think the touchdowns are coming for James White. So he'd actually be the guy that I'd be really interested in trading for right now. Um, but Philip Dorsett is still available in a fair amount of leagues. Mohamed Sanu. Uh, was as of yesterday was still available in uh, just under or just over fifty percent of leagues. Um, I, he's probably owned in a lot of leagues. To be completely honest with you, yeah. Um, he's he wasn't available in a single league that I'm in. Um, but he's a guy that's going to have a pot- potential to be to have a big role in this offense. And the Patriots traded a second round pick for him, so they really really like what he's going to be able to do. Um, he's been an inconsistent player over his career, but. I mean, the Patriots tend to get the best out of these guys, and it's not like it's not like Mohamed Sanu is you know a 33 year old veteran wide receiver. Like he he's still a young player who's still talented, and has stayed relatively healthy over his entire career. Has always been out on the field, so Mohamed Sanu is a guy that you can absolutely target as well. And just one last thing on this, and then we can move on. But doesn't Sanu kind of have that feel of like the guy that's just going to work in New England? Like he's going to be that guy that's just yeah. going to like take off. And yeah, gonna be, he's just going to have 10 touchdowns that's exactly in, what I was in eight games. <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah, like just down the back half of their schedule yep. where you expect them to be sliding a little bit once the competition goes up. He's just going to come out and be insane. It's like Brady's going to say, like, the hell with this defense being the number one fantasy play this year. Like, we're going to show you that we still have an offense, and it's going to be uh. Sanu, Brady, and then it's just going to be like Edelman's going to be there on third and four, and Sanu's going to have 120 every game and two freaking touchdowns every time they play. Uh, and it's not like they're the Patriots' offense hasn't exactly been high scoring. They don't need to be. Yeah, they yeah. they haven't <laughs> needed to be because their defense is high scoring. I heard a stat Monday night. Their defense has eighteen interceptions, eighteen yes. interceptions, and they've allowed one passing touchdown. You can talk about their schedule all you want. That's still super impressive. And again, that's what kills their offense is the fact that they're always up because their defense scores every. Their defense is averaging like twenty two points a game. I yeah. lost this week in fantasy in my league. Because New England's defense scored what they scored. And I sat Aaron Rodgers, so that's my fault. Yeah, just absolutely absurd. So Mohamed Sanu, a guy to absolutely go target right now. Uh, but looking at... Uh, I'm still, still, <laughs> s- still fuming about Josh Gordon a little bit. I love Josh Gordon. He's I love him as a player. I was really, really rooting for him to succeed. Um, honestly, I don't think his contract extends past this season nah, in New England. Done. So I don't know. He might get a look from somebody else, but I I mean this this might be it for Josh Gordon to Back be to the Browns. because um, I, I just don't see there's there's not that many organizations in the NFL with the foundation in place to handle a guy like him with his past, wh- whether you disagree with his suspensions or not, I, I tend to disagree with them personally. Um, I-, I think that they were always overblown, but he obviously had substance abuse issues on top of just the smoking weed part of it. Yeah, the weed we're good with. It's the booze uh, and the and the other stuff. Uh, it's just the it's just the legislation against weed in the NFL that I that I disagree with, and I, I don't think he should have missed that much time as can a do it as in a baseball can do it. Yeah, in the NBA. As, as a very very young and talented player, I don't think he should have been subject to that. That completely derailed his career and. You know, and maybe this is even though he's he's twenty eight, twenty nine years old, but this might be the last we see of him. It's just sad because he was really, really talented uh, in the short amount of time we actually got to watch him stay on the field and play football. Um, but going to Atlanta now with uh, them moving on from Muhammad Sanu. Yep. 
Uh, Matt Ryan did get injured last week. There was some question as to whether or not he was going to play. Uh, Dan Quinn said today in his press conference that they expect Matt Ryan to be ready to go this weekend, which is actually <laughs> I it sounded like he was like genuinely hurt. Matt Schaub finished that game last week. Um, and I was worried that Matt that Matt Ryan was not going to play. Uh, but it sounds like he is gonna play now. Uh, at least according to Dan Quinn, if you ask Dan Quinn. Uh, and Dan Quinn's fighting for his job, so he might chop Matt Ryan out there on one leg just because he thinks it'll somehow save him, and I think he's done already. Anyway. Oh, yeah, Dan Quinn's fired. Uh, he was fired two weeks ago. But Calvin Ridley is a guy who obviously it's not going to change much for Julio Jones, like Julio, Julio's Julio. Uh, but Calvin Ridley is one of those guys who second-year player – uh, he was drafted in a reasonably high round in most fantasy drafts as a sleeper, as a second-year guy. He had a productive rookie season, but he was a little up and down. He was boomer bust. He started hot. And he's basically been the same this season, although, although he has been pretty good as of late. Uh, he's just been quiet, though. Uh, he hasn't put up the type of like wide rece- solid wide receiver two numbers that I think people are looking for even though he actually has been better than I think people realize. Uh, you know, he had a bad game against the Rams. Uh, we expect that pass defense to be better when you add Jalen Ramsey, but prior to that, he had a touchdown against the Cardinals, had a touchdown against the Texans, uh, had two scoreless games that were pretty brutal. I'm pretty sure I started him both those weeks. Um, and then against the Eagles, he had 105 yards and a touchdown, and to open the season against the Vikings, he had a touchdown. So he's already got four touchdowns on the year. Uh, he's a very, very talented player who's insanely young, and the part of the problem was the veteran wide receivers in Atlanta. Matt Ryan was still obviously he's still going to get Julio his you know eight to ten targets. Yeah, but he was still looking at Mohamed Sanu a lot too because Mohamed Sanu had been there for a long time now, and Mohamed Sanu had been somebody that Matt Ryan was very comfortable with, and so Calvin Ridley still just wasn't getting a ton of targets each week. Uh, I, I expect that to change. Um, I, I, I really, really like Calvin Ridley and I really believe in the talent in Calvin Ridley. I'm still scared that he's going to be that boomer bust type of option though. But yeah, if his targets were what, four to five on average every game, I think was probably what we're looking at for this year with, uh, Cal Ridley on the inside of the slot with Sanu on the outside and obviously Julio taking the majority of them. Just like double that, I think. I think you're looking at seven to nine, eh, maybe nine's too much. Yeah. Maybe like oh. six to eight targets a week for Cal Ridley. And he's also one of those guys that's a lot to me that's similar to like a Juju Smith Schuster next to an Antonio Brown, where one to two of those catches can be one of those that just goes off for a 60 yard touchdown. And that's all you need. And then everything else after that is just whipped cream on top of the pie. Yeah, and so Calvin Ridley, so far this year, he's only got two games with over six targets. Right. And so you would expect that to go up because he did against Philadelphia. He had 10 targets in that game, and against Houston, he had nine targets. Those are his two best games of the season. Yeah. Like, against Houston, he had 88 receiving yards and a touchdown. Against Philadelphia, he had 105 yards and a touchdown. And what are the scores of both of those games? Uh, 24 to 20 and 32 to 53. So one of them's so a shootout, was, right? One of them was a blow that blowout against Houston, where it was. I think it was probably a garbage time touchdown. Which that's what I'm saying. Atlanta's a bad football team. Like this is where you got to go find those guys that play for bad football teams that are get targets because Atlanta's going to be in the situation where they're going to have to throw the ball and. They got nothing to lose. I mean, they know their head coach is getting fired because last year they fired everyone but Dan Quinn, and now they can't do it at all this year. And you got to do something. You want to hold your pride. You're going to throw the ball late when you're down by 14 to 21 points every game the rest of the year. So 
I love Cal Ridley now that Sanu's gone. Yeah, I like him a lot. I think that he's a guy... I feel like people are going to overprice him. Though. Sure. Oh God, yeah. Is the is the because problem where they with, drafted him with pursuing him? Not well. Not even that. It's just that they look at Muhammad Sanu just got traded, so Calvin Ridley's going to get 15 targets a game, and he's yeah. going to turn into no. a top 15 wide receiver. Like Six I, to I, eight. I still, I still think that he is a number two wide receiver with upside. Um, he's six to eight targets a game. I'm comfortable saying that. Yeah. So that means he's going to have 12 this next game they play. It's just, with him, he has been inconsistent so far early in his career. I- I'm hoping this is where we turn the corner with that and we start to see some consistency in him. But like I, like I said, I think that people are going to overvalue that trade and they're going to try to jack up the price for Calvin Ridley. And I'm not really willing to spend a ton on Calvin Ridley, to be completely honest, because I do believe in the talent. I just don't know... Like, where are you drawing the line for Calvin Ridley? Like, like if somebody says, like... You think he's top 20 have, wide receiver? If you, have, if you have Joe Mixon, yeah, and you throw out Joe Mixon to a 3-4 and four super running back needy team, they've got Calvin Ridley, I might do that if I don't need Joe Mixon. Like, if I'm desperate enough, yeah, I might do that. Joe Mixon's been absolutely awful. Well, that team's been awful. But, like, Marlon Mack. Yeah. Marlon Mack's had some good games. He's had some bad games, but he's still getting a ton of touches. He's still right up there uh, amongst the NFL and, you know, top 10 running backs in terms of just volume per game. And he doesn't have any any threat behind him, really. And he's got a great offensive line. The number one offensive line in the game. I I don't want to just move on from Marlon Mack. So I, I don't know if I would give up Marlon Mack for Calvin Ridley. If somebody's willing to do Joe Mixon... I guess I would do that. The problem with Joe Mixon, though, is you just don't know like what Andy Dalton's going to do every week. But another thing that we just said earlier, bad teams are going to be in garbage time a lot. They're going to throw down because they're just going to take away the deep threat. But Joe Mixon's going to get a ton of targets at the end of the games. I don't know if he's gotten a ton so far this year, and I know he's fumbled a little bit this year. But, again, it's up to you on the coin flip. Bad teams, they're going to be down. They're going to throw the ball, and Andy Dalton loves to throw to running backs. But I also don't know what the situation with A.J. Green is going to be either. Like, could you... I would trade Marlon Mack. I don't know, actually. Could I would you... trade Marlon Mack for Cal Ridley, though. See, I, I don't think I would. Uh, like, we, we were just talking about Marlon Mack's schedule a little bit, and he's got some favorable matchups down the stretch, but he's also got some rough ones. Like, it, it's kind of... It, it, it's a mix. Like, as a Marlon Mack owner in multiple leagues... I would like it if he had <laughs> a little bit of a better stretch. Yeah, um, would we say his four, 13, but, 14, 15 wars like Bills, Titans, and, and Saints? No, it's not the Bills. It's the Saints, Titans, and... and somebody else with a good defense. Uh, Is it Bucks? Yeah, it's another, yeah, another good run defense. And I think he's got the Panthers late <laughs> in the season. And, and they're they're middle of the pack, but they're, they're a solid front. Um, yeah. So, I just love Marlon Mack's talent. I have faith in him as a player. Um, I don't think I would move him for Calvin Ridley. I, I think he's got more value there because I think he's a legitimate running back too, and I don't know that Calvin Ridley is a weekly starter on my fantasy team as a wide receiver too. I don't think that I would move Marlon Mack right there. Um, but Melvin Gordon, um, if you could move Melvin Gordon for Calvin Ridley just off of name alone because I still think there's a lot of people that would do that. Yeah. 
I would do that right now. Because, I, I mean, Austin Eckler's still like the third highest scoring running back in fantasy. <laughs> even, even, even with Melvin Gordon on the field because he's been such an incredible receiver. And that, that role's not going to change for Austin Eckler. And I, that's why I told you guys not to move on from him because I believe that he was going to still have a sustainable role moving forward in that offense, even with Melvin Gordon. And Melvin Gordon's been absolutely awful. Yeah. I think that you could sell Melvin Gordon potentially. I know he's been bad, but there's going to be somebody who has had him in a previous year where he's been great or somebody who just really, really likes his talent and has faith that he's going to turn this thing around. And maybe he does at some point have a big game. I just have no faith that as long as Austin Eckler is the baller that he is right now, that Melvin Gordon's ever going to outproduce him. And and so I, I find it hard to believe that Melvin Gordon's really ever going to turn this thing around this season. I'd be a lot more interested in the upside of a Calvin Ridley over a Melvin Gordon for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's clear that Eckler's going to be the man, the man going forward, and especially with Phillip Rivers, the way he looks so off and the way that the Chargers just look like they... Yeah. The, the Chargers are done, right? We're done. We're, yeah. They're done. I so, want to trade Keenan Allen. <laughs> like I desperately want to trade Yeah, like Keenan, Keenan Allen was really awesome at the start of the year because Rivers' arm was clearly healthy and good to go. Like Again, this is all speculation, but from what I've seen watching the Chargers play, it appears that like Rivers has finally hit that shelf that, unfortunately, quarterbacks hit that Tom Brady obviously is never going to hit. But if you look at Phillip Rivers and you watch him in the third and fourth quarter, like he's not hitting that 10-yard out to Keenan Allen anymore. He's not hitting that slant across the middle anymore. He's throwing to Eckler, to Hunter Henry. Those are the guys that you want if you're playing with Chargers players. But, yeah, I'm like you. You could you could move Keenan Allen, too. And, again, the biggest thing when you look at trades is look at weeks 13 through 15 and maybe 16. I know my playoffs end in week 15 like most do. But, obviously, before you trade, look at those three weeks before you do anything. Another wide receiver that's going to be uh, heavily affected after another trade. Emmanuel Sanders was traded to the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy G. And and I, I want to talk about Emmanuel Sanders, but I kind of want to focus on Cortland Sutton first. Uh, because Cortland Sutton has been another breakout player so far this season. He's a second-year player, uh, just like DJ Chark. They've been probably... Uh, the the two biggest wide receiver surprises, I think. Over Um. Yeah, because everybody was on Godwin. But I, as I the number think, one receiver, no, right, not as the number one wide receiver. But there was God. There's been Godwin truth, truthers since he was coming out in the draft. You're looking at one. Um, so I, I think there was still a ton of hype around Chris Godwin. I think DJ Chark, Cortland Sutton, and Terry yeah. McLaurin. Yeah. I, I would say are the three wide receivers that you did not expect anything from. Sutton's probably the only one that was even getting drafted in in fantasy drafts. Right. Uh, Chark and McLaurin were week one waiver ads, and they've all and they've all been top fifteen, top twenty wide receivers. Right. Like Char- Chark is still even after a couple of down weeks, Chark's still a top ten wide receiver right now. And he's gonna get Foles back in two weeks. So I mean, I yeah. get it. Like that's Minshew's guy, but I mean, you think about it, production's gonna go up when you have a guy that throws more. For longer yards. That's a speedster. Yeah, like Chark's number four wide receiver right now. Sutton's the number 11. And uh, Scary Terry's number 13. Like, those guys are probably the biggest surprises of the fantasy season out of the wide wide receiver position. Um, and I think that I think that Sutton's still going to produce. Um, the, the But the idea so far that I've seen a lot of is 
oh my gosh, Cortland Sutton, who's getting only getting like eight targets a game. He was already on pace for 1,200 yards and seven or eight touchdowns. Yeah. Now he's going to get 15 targets, and Deshaun Hamilton's a guy that you could go out and add. Um, Props to you if you knew that name before listen, he just said it. Deshaun Hamilton might <laughs> be a talented young player. I'm not rushing to the waiver wire to pick him up because uh, he's certainly available in your leagues. Because uh, the Broncos <laughs> no are a bad is. football team. The Broncos are just a bad football team. Joe Flacco's not a very good quarterback. And while Cortland Sutton did have a pretty good game last week, even though they got blown out, like he still had, I think, 82 yards or something like that against the Chiefs. Gabbage time. Um, he still and he he actually did most of that damage in the first half. That's true. Um, like he still had a nice game. I still think Cortland Sutton, as a Cortland Sutton owner, I am still hoping that he continues to produce throughout the season because I think he's a very talented player. I think that within the next couple of seasons, he is going to be a legitimate wide receiver one if they can get things figured out in Denver and get a decent passer in there at some point. True luck. Um, I think that he is a legitimate wide receiver one candidate moving forward. Hopefully you have him in dynasty leagues. I'm just not convinced that the Emmanuel Sanders being moved is going to all of a sudden catapult Cortland Sutton into legitimate wide receiver one territory for the rest of the season because I think Emmanuel Sanders helped a lot for a young player who is on a bad offense that doesn't have a good offensive line, that's got a bad quarterback, who doesn't exactly buy time in the pocket. Like Joe Flacco, I think I tweeted this during that game, Joe Flacco's the most frozen-in-time quarterback that I've ever seen. Yeah, like When he drops back, it's, all right, let me look up field. Open, open. All right, well, I'm just eating the sack then. Uh, I'm just eating the sack because I'm not moving. I, I'm not moving. I'm taking a two, three-step drop, and I am standing here until somebody hits me. Yeah, Joe Flacco plays quarterback like he had too many edibles before the game. Yeah. When like, he is in Denver. Yes. Yeah, he is <laughs> not like, He is motion. not getting outside the pocket. <laughs> okay. He's not running a bootleg. I'll go down. Like, he is just not interested in that whatsoever. And that scares me for Cortland Sutton, who's an incredibly talented player, and I want positive things for him moving forward down the season, and I hope that he does fulfill those projections for the rest of the year. I hope he surpasses them and is incredible for my fantasy team. Flacco's got a um, lot of neck hair, too. I noticed that. He's got a nice beard. Flacco's got a nice got hair. Got a beard, but he's he got just nice made, like a trim. On I feel like he gets that snagged on a lot. Yeah, like if he wears know, polos. I feel I mean, like he does trim it quite a bit. It just like grows takes, in yeah, seven I feel, hours? I feel like he takes care of it. Um, but, I am, but I am worried about nice Cortland hair. Sutton because the – Attention on him, right, right now, the popular thought is, yes, he's finally going to be the number one wide receiver, whereas I'm just like, eh, I think Emmanuel Sanders is helping that out quite a bit more. Yeah, it can always be a realize. good thing, right? Uh, and I, not to discredit what he's done, like Cortland Sutton has been getting guarded by number one cornerbacks more, yeah. more often than Emmanuel Sanders was. For sure. Which is why I think he he is a like wide receiver one next season. Like I think next season, you're going to see him move up draft boards a ton. Um, he's probably going to be like a fifth or a sixth round pick, I would imagine, if he continues with these projections. And he's going to be drafted as a guy who's going to be, you know, outside of the top tier of wide receivers. He's going to be drafted like a Chris Godwin was as yeah. a potential number one wide receiver for your fantasy team. Uh, I, I just don't know that them moving on from Emmanuel Sanders right now really helps him that much this season. But speaking of Sanders. They go to the San Francisco 49ers, one of the best teams in football right now. Um, they need pass catchers bad, so it's obviously a good move for their offense. Right. 
Uh, George Kittle's been fantastic. Hasn't put up massive numbers, but he's getting a ton of targets every game in that stupid flood game against Washington that just ruined me last week. Uh, he, you know, he had a bad game, but everybody on that offense had a bad game, the nine to nothing win. Uh, I'm still bitter about that. Can I give you a little bit of news that might brighten up your day? Sure. So Garofolo or Garofolo, he tweets 14 minutes ago. Says Josh Gordon believes he's close to returning to play. Sources says so. His IR designation today means he's likely done with the Patriots, but could be available for teams as a free agent soon. Very interesting. So there might not be an ending for uh, Mr. Gordon. I don't really know for sure how these things work, and I know this isn't a sports radio uh, podcast, but it sounds like if the Patriots could just release him, which we know the Patriots are snobs, and they'll just put people on IR, and they'll be like, no, you don't have him. If we can't have him, you can't have him. But it fits your theory, like the Patriots do. Maybe he's not six weeks away. He's two weeks away, but he's just not ready enough for them. So they're like, you know what? We don't want you. But there is a possibility that a team could get Josh Gordon later on, and it could change things. Well, and the Patriots just get annoyed. Yeah, they do. They just get annoyed. If you fumble, you don't touch the ball. Like they could. Well, and that—that's the thing too. Is by them putting him on IR, yes, they could just in theory hang on to his rights for for the rest of the season and, and just keep another team from from having him. Which the Patriots would absolutely do. Why would they release a guy who's as physically gifted as that um, and potentially give him an opportunity to go land with another team that they could face in the postseason? And here's one more, and I'll be done with it. Albert Breer tweets as well. He says, Sources says Patriots receiver Josh Gordon expects to be medically cleared soon and that his knee injury is minor. Quote, I was told he ran 22 miles per hour on the treadmill during the rehab session today. Once he's cleared, he hopes to be released off of IR and sign with a new team. So I guess we can leave it at that well, for you folks. Okay, so that's interesting. Yeah. Um, that makes me weary of <laughs> dropping him. He's back on his fantasy app. I mean, I want... <laughs> His day has changed. I'm not even gonna lie to you, folks. Like right now, like Serta, that, that, that's Serta's even smile is that's ear even to ear. more frustrating though, oh, because oh, what, if, what if the Patriots just don't? They don't. They're, like yeah. they don't have to. He can bitch about it all he wants. The they Patriots, don't have to. Why do the Patriots have to just run the NFL? Like here we are, just getting sidetracked from the Patriots conversation. But like here you go. Like I, I just don't know. I, I can't see them because we were talking about this earlier this year with uh, Jay Binkley. I remember he told me, he was like, they could just put Antonio Brown on IR and just not let any team get him the rest of the year. Yeah. But maybe they're just physically frustrated with Josh Gordon where they're just like, you know what? You can't get picked up right now, but we'll release you in a couple weeks. I don't know where he would go. I don't know. I mean, any team would pick him up, obviously. I just don't know where he would go right now. And and so. But hold on. Hold on to him. And so Ian Rapport also. Josh Gordon placed on injury reserve today because of the two bone bruises in his knee that he dealt with before the injury. His time in New England likely over. Um, as they are moving on, he'll be waived off IR when fully healthy. So he is make Ian Rapport is making it sound like it is a fact he will be waived from yeah. IR. And so he will be released by the Patriots when healthy, whether that's you know, a bone bruise. I don't know if that's gonna be you know two weeks, four weeks, or what. Right. Um says it wasn't a new injury. He re-aggravated it against the Giants. Team rested him a week, but he never looked quite right. So IR now, he'll work back to health and then land with a new team. Ah, man, I still want to drop him. <laughs> Cause, because he hasn't, he hasn't done anything. Can you get sneaky? 
can you drop him and hope that not everybody else is nerds like us, or maybe they decided not to listen this week? Not in the and leagues. Maybe, not in the leagues yeah. that I'm in. Yeah, because someone will scoop him because everybody yeah, not, follows not, everybody. Not in the leagues that I'm in. That's even more frustrating though, because unless you <laughs> unless you're in a league that has IR spots, which my only leagues with IR spots are like my huge dynasty leagues. So now I have to decide whether or not it's worth me keeping him for the rest of the season or if I just want to straight up drop him and, and get rid of him and let somebody else deal with it. Because now I'm hoping that in a couple of weeks he's healthy and he gets waived and somebody else picks him up who's a decent team. Or you know he is healthy enough that he can go play, that he can go choose where he wants to go. And he's talented enough that he could go sign with a good team in the AFC or a good team in the NFC, which this also changes things for those other teams that were looking to trade for wide receivers. Like, you know, the the 49ers, maybe they don't trade for Emmanuel Sanders if they think they can just pick up Josh Gordon in a couple of weeks. Boy, Chiefs looks good not uh, signing a corner. Because this is also, I mean, this is something that, this is going to be post-trade deadline right. now, that he could just be a free agent signing with a team. And with with a a huge, huge post trade deadline free agent signing with huge upside, yes. But who's to say he's ever going to be healthy? Like th- this whole thing just sucks. Just put him on IR and have it have it be over with. And nothing's right. I'm torn. That's just absolutely I'm frustrating. All out of faith. Uh, Manuel Sanders is going to be all right. Yep, he's fine. He'll be fine. He's Kyle got Shane Kittle and take away targets. Out. I think Jimmy. I think Jimmy G is okay. I don't think Jimmy G is a great quarterback, but he's fine. Does that help Kittle? He's on one ways? of the best he rosters. Um, kind of distracts him a little I bit. I mean, I guess it takes some attention away from Kittle. Kittle having somebody who's actually effective and good at what they do. Dante Pettis, you can just straight up drop now. Thank the Lord. Gabbage. I was never on the Dante Pettis bandwagon like a lot of other people were. I just never bought into it. He wasn't um, on the pedestal. He just didn't. People just raved about him all offseason because he had an okay rookie year. Nothing that I saw from Dante Pettis in his rookie year made me think, like, I have to get this guy. I, I didn't see anything about him that I thought was special as a player. The other thing that's crazy, whatever happened to Goodwin out there? Like, I remember last year we were all high on Goodwin, and he's gone. I mean, I was never <laughs> yeah. high on him either. He was never that good in Buffalo. Like, yeah. he he's just fast. He he never he never progressed as a wide receiver. He's just really really fast. That's fair. So I think Emmanuel Sanders got a bunch of upside. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that was actually he was getting traded left and right in fantasy leagues. Uh, mm-hmm. He probably I mean honestly you probably can't get him now. Um, but I think you've got some other things that you want to get to. Uh, maybe some specific plays for. Week 8 action? Yeah, I think Rams defense, it was available in my league, which my league's a pretty deep league. A lot of people are active on the waiver wire. A lot of times I picked them up this week on the waiver wire. They play Cincinnati. It is in London, um, so it is across the pond, so it could be different. But I think with what we saw last week, again, I know it wasn't like a great like sample because it was against the Falcons, but I think the Rams defense with Jalen Ramsey being in addition – um, that defense looked a little more woke last week. I know they still have Aaron Donald. They still have one of the best like pass rushers uh, in the history of football, and Aaron Donald at D-tackle. Um, I still can't believe he literally picked up another grown-ass man in Devontae Freeman last week uh, by his shoulder pads. Uh, but I think the Rams' D is a really good play this week. I know that a lot of people tend to go out there and just fish for whoever plays Miami. This week it's Pittsburgh, but the Rams don't sleep on them. They had a really, really good week last week. Um... And I like the Rams' defense this week. 
I know a lot of people out there that have uh, Christian McCaffrey on their team or one of those people that are probably in the top ten, top five in your fantasy league just because of how many um, points he puts up is absurd. This is the test this week for Christian McCaffrey, and I think you said it best when we were doing pre-production. I think that if you can get a touchdown, four catches uh, from Christian McCaffrey and get somewhere between anywhere 12 to 16 points this week, which is like his C game, that's like what he did against the Bucks in Week 2 on Thursday Night Football, I believe, that's a good thing to do because don't look at projections this week when it comes to Christian McCaffrey. Because on ESPN, he's projected like 25 points. I don't think he sniffs that against San Francisco. The number one rush defense, they have the best defensive line in all of football. They are basically the Indianapolis Colts when it comes to the offensive line, but for the defensive line. Um, I think that's kind of crazy. I think when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, I think he's arrived. I know that last week was maybe an anomaly for Aaron Rodgers against that Oakland defense where he just lit him up and had the first ever perfect passer rating when it comes to Green Bay quarterbacks. But I think Aaron Rodgers is now like riding that seat for an MVP candidate, and I think that he's finally comfortable in that LaFour offense after seven weeks. This week doesn't get super easy for Rodgers. I think he's got a tough matchup with, for some reason, the fourth-best passing defense and or cornerback play um, in the NFL with the Chiefs. But I like Rodgers a lot this week, and um, I think that kind of does it for my uh, my individual matchups. I like the Rams' defense. You got to look at Christian McCaffrey a little bit less this week, and I like Aaron Rodgers against the Chiefs, obviously on Sunday night. Yeah, what I was saying about Christian McCaffrey, um, you know, obviously you're not going to bench him under any circumstance. He's been absolutely incredible. He's the fantasy MVP outside of the Patriots' defense, probably, um, <laughs> which is sad. But he is he he can take one seventy five yards at any time right. too like he can he can get free for a wheel route down the sideline he can just break one off you're always going to play him because he can do that at any given moment but don't be shocked if against this particular team which has been absolutely incredible against the run all season if he winds up having fifty yards like but winds up having fifty yards like twenty five receiving yards and finds a way to get into the end zone. You're going to take that. You're not going to yeah. complain about that. It just may not be the week that you always get from Christian McCaffrey where you get an automatic 20 points. Yeah. It's Total just, freak out. Yeah. Another popular uh, defensive pickup that you should be focused on if they're still available on your waiver wire, of course, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're coming off of a bye. Um, so they're playing the Miami Dolphins, so they might be a popular defensive pickup in your league. Unless you're in a league where people just kind of set their defenses and forget about them, uh, barring a bye week, I tend to change out defenses because it's still a player on your roster. Yeah, it's still something that uh, you want to if you can have any slight advantage. Like I, I do the same thing with my kickers. I used to, a but then I got Zane Gonzalez, and I can't get away yeah. from it. Uh, a lot of people like to just set those things and leave them. Um, it's it's hard to predict a kicking matchup, of course, but I generally with kickers I focus in on bye weeks and stuff like that, and, and just try try to kind of interchange them because to kicking so volatile with uh, guys, you know, they they could have a five field goal week and then they could go three of five and miss two field goals and wind up killing you because they they get negative points because they're missing field goals. Um, that that changes constantly their position ranking, so I just kind of look at their scoring a lot and kind of have my own system for figuring that out. But I really like the Pittsburgh Steelers for the rest of the season, to be completely honest, like their defense for the rest of the season. Their defense has been really, really good and has shown 
some incredible flashes for uh, a really, really young, talented defense that is just in shambles on offense. So I, I like their defense as a pickup. Um, there's a lot of quarterback plays that we talked about this week. Um, you know, we talked about it earlier. Uh, Sam Darnold is a guy that I really, really like this week to bounce back. I know he was absolutely brutal against the Patriots, and you know we keep talking about uh, people keep making jokes about the uh, seeing ghosts comment. Um, I still have faith in Sam Darnold. Like I still think Sam Darnold is a talented player. I still think that he's got some talented pieces around him. I think when if Chris Herndon plays, I think Chris Herndon's going to make a big impact on that offense. God, you're and a Chris I think Herndon that believer. I think that they are trending in the right direction. I I would rather have Chris Herndon than David and Joku. Yeah, on my team, David and Joku's on IR right now, but he could be coming back. Uh, you know, in the next few weeks or so. You want Herndon over Jared Cook? Yeah, yeah. yeah. With Breeze coming back this week. Um. Yeah, because Jared Cook, so Jared Cook was only effective with Teddy Bridgewater. Right. He, he did absolutely nothing with Drew Brees in the game, and really, Drew Brees hasn't utilized tight ends in New Orleans since Jimmy Graham. Like yeah. they they have rotated a bunch of guys. They've brought in a bunch of veteran guys, uh, like Kobe Fleener. Like they brought in a bunch of those guys, <laughs> uh, just scrap heap guys, veterans or whatever to try to fill that Jimmy Graham role. And the reason they were okay with trading Jimmy Graham at the time was because they were just like, we can do this with any wide receiver. We don't really need a tight end like you. Like if we can get value for you, we'll just move on from you. And they've pretty much proven that. Like, I I don't think that Jared Cook is a guy that I'm excited about rostering. I was, I was actually impressed that Benjamin Watson got as many targets as he did Monday night against the New York Jets. Um, yeah, started off like I mean, I mean, he might he might be a guy to seriously look at on waivers if your waivers haven't gotten through yet because, uh, just yeah, uh, there's one less mouth to feed in New England. Like he right. could be another guy to take a look at, and he was involved in the passing game on Monday night. So, I think that yeah, there's there's a lot of guys I would. I would rather have Chris Herndon over a lot of tight ends right now. Um, I also really like Jacoby Brissett. He's still got a tough matchup. The Broncos, while their offense has been absolutely terrible, the Broncos' defense has been pretty good, um, and their pass defense is still getting healthy. Like They still haven't even had Bryce Callahan, who is one of their big free agent signings. Yeah. Uh, but Kareem Jackson's back. He's been playing really well. Uh, their pass defense has been good. Um, their pass rush has been improving, um, even after losing Bradley Chubb. I still think that, as I mentioned, the Colts are going to try to manufacture ways for Jacoby Brissett to score touchdowns because they've been doing it all year, and I think that's going to continue. The Broncos are an inferior team, and this could also be one of those games that winds up being really shitty and winds up being like a really low-scoring game. It's yeah. got that. I, I think the Colts are more talented. I think they are much better coached than the Broncos, but when... It's got seventeen six written all over it. Yeah, like when when you've got <laughs> a lot of field goals. When you've got like inferior talent that is performing high above expectation because of superior coaching, mm. every now and then you're gonna have games like that. So it also feels like it could be that game. Yeah, you're gonna have T. Y. and and Chris Harris, who apparently said he's not going anywhere of what he feels like. But I mean, obviously if he goes somewhere that changes. You know who's gonna have a huge game this week? Two quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, because he plays the Falcons. And Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's going to play pissed off. I just truly believe that. I just I think last week and this week, those are my two big quarterbacks. 
I know they're both obviously top three quarterbacks in the NFL when it comes to like fantasy, probably. But honestly, I just think Russell Wilson and, and Deshaun Watson explode this week. Local Chiefs breakdown. Well, this is easy. And we can get to these Chiefs really quick before we get out of here. Um, Something happened today in the Chiefs uh, practice? Andy Reid refuses <laughs> to name Matt Moore the starting quarterback as if there's a chance in the blue hell yep. that Patrick Mahomes is playing this week. He was actually involved in practice today in a very, very limited capacity. Uh, did some individual drills and some, some minor stuff like handoffs and stuff like that. Um, apparently he threw a little bit, but they wouldn't let the press film it. So we don't have any video footage of him actually throwing the football. Uh, but how about Sam McDowell's tweet (laughs) at the untrained eye? (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's just Andy being Andy. Um, there's no reason for him to be out there. Like zero reason for him to be out there, but and Matt Moore even said he spoke to the media, and the first question was, have you been told you're the starter on Sunday? And Matt Moore said, I have not. Great. But he is taking all the first-team reps. Matt Moore is going to be the starter in this football game yeah. on Sunday. Um, the Packers' defense has been struggling quite a bit compared to where it was at to start the season. You know, To start the season, it looked like it was you know a top-10 type of defense. Um, they've got some injuries. Uh, on the back end, they haven't had Darnell Savage for a while now, and he he was a, a very young player who looked like he was really, really good to start the season, and then he got banged up, and they've had some other injuries that are kind yeah. of slowing their defense down. Um, I still think that they're going to give the Chiefs problems. Uh, they can still, although the Chiefs did have Eric Fisher and Chris Jones practicing today, that could be a huge boost for them while they're waiting to get Patrick Mahomes back. Um I think the Packers are going to win this football game, but I think that Matt Moore is going to find a way to be serviceable. I'm not saying you should go out and add Matt Moore and put Matt Moore in your lineup, but I think that he is going to be serviceable. And as I already mentioned, like Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, I'm still playing them. Uh, I don't, I I guess I'd play LaShawn McCoy because the Packers haven't been a good run defense all year. I don't have any faith in Damian Williams. Uh, Daryl's not getting enough snaps, although he was getting more snaps than Damian last week. Daryl's still not getting enough work for me to put him in my lineup. So it's LaShawn, it's Travis, it's Tyreek. No tenderfoot? And then after that, I'm done. No, Sammy (laughs) Sammy practiced today. I just dropped Sammy for Philip Dorsett in the league. Oh, my. I'm done with Sammy. Yeah, I hear you. I'm He's in that house with, with Kyle Rudolph and Carlos Hyde. I'm done with Sammy. I didn't start him week one, there. and I've started him like twice since week one. Has not done a damn thing since that game in week one. Good day, sir. Yes. I am done with Sammy Watkins. Do you have any other thoughts on the Kansas City Chiefs? No. I'm with you. McCoy, Kelsey, Hill. That's it. Are you going to that game? Did you figure that out? I don't know. I text the boss. He never texts you back. Well... I, I hope my, I got my credential today. I'd love to go with you. I'd love to watch you just melt. Sammy Watkins has 150 yards. Now, if you didn't get a credential, you're probably not going. He's in a great mood, folks. Week eight's now, upon us, and Steve Serta is ready to roll. Now I'm just gonna be really tired on Monday because I have to go to this bad football game. Not gonna get home till midnight. Yeah, he's a solid. He's a solid. I need six and a half hours of sleep every at least single I get night to see Aaron Rodgers. And you can talk to Andy. Nah, I'm good. Levine's going. Sweet. 
Thank you guys for listening to the Force to Punt podcast. Please download the Radio.com app and make sure you subscribe. We will catch up with you next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.